you have any fantasy football team this weekend? And how did they get on? To be really good at you need to just take people in, draw people out, and then make sure you're doing these boosts here and there. And I'm like, Got myself in my own fantasy team. Got myself in my own fantasy team. Got myself in my own fantasy team. There's too much tinkering around for me. Straighten the phone and check who the captain was, what points to go, and where they come in the fantasy league. So I don't play it. I, I live in the real world, not the fantasy world. So hello everyone, welcome to Game Week 7 of the Premium Player FPL podcast at Premium underscore FPL. If you're still with us, well done, because we're both trudging along in the mid 500, 600,000 of you, Mindy, but it feels like a bit of a slog to this season. I thought last, last week we both had a strong team out and it didn't kind of materialise that way. So it's been a sh- tricky start to the season, but we've got some exciting news to share on the podcast, which we'll reveal later, which makes this game week quite exciting. But anything else you want to add, Mindy, uh, ahead of what should be a good game week? Yeah, it was a bad, a bad, my worst game week of the season. But uh, what happened was someone logged into my team over the weekend and had to <laughs> change. So it wasn't actually my team that had a shocker. I wonder uh, why Civicass was still in there. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, um, but on a serious note, yeah, we are going to talk about the issue of teams being deleted and hacked and stuff. It ha- happened to a couple of uh, high-profile people last season, but it just seems like loads of people it's happening to now. Just randomly, people are being targeted. It doesn't seem like, well. I say targeted. It doesn't really seem like there's a pattern. Um, and uh, so yeah, um, we've got a slide up now for the podcast uh, listeners it's just uh fantasy premier league's tweets they've uh hot off the press they sent this out 10 minutes ago yeah so it's good that they've actually said something but in a way they've not really been very helpful it's kind of just saying it's not really much to do with us uh one the, the thing they have suggested is third party sites maybe sites that you use to check price rises where you put in your fantasy premier league passworded or something maybe they're not secure so i'd probably recommend if just not if it's not worth the risk really for your team being deleted uh, maybe use alternatives where you don't need to put in your, your, your password and things like that and ch- change your password make it um a password you only use for fpl don't have it the same as other passwords elsewhere it's uh, really annoying that it sounds like for the people who've had their Teams deleted. They're not. They've not said anything about what they're going to do. No, the world number ones that is deleted as well. I saw that this, this morning. So that's that's soul crushing, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's a shocker. Um, but b- before we, uh, in terms of other admin, before we forget, so we're live. So yeah, any questions? Get um get them in the YouTube comments. Um, and yeah, podcast listeners, uh, you can ask us questions on DMs or whatever, and we can uh add it into running order for next week or we'll reply if it's a question for this game week. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, all of the platforms. And we've got our prize league. So not actually had that much interest, as much interest as I thought. I thought people would be interested in free money. But yeah, uh, cash £50 cash prize. So if you're interested, send us a, a DM and we'll uh, let you know how to enter. Uh, it's a Saturday deadline again this week, isn't it? Yeah, 12.30, yeah. which 
is quite telling because it's it's the Chelsea fixture up first and a lot of people are going to be transferring Chelsea boys. So it could be a great start or tricky start to the weekend. Yeah, especially after, well, for, for we, we both, Captain Ronaldo, didn't we, in the 12.30 last week. So the, uh, the, the the curse of the early kick of the first game week, the first fixture of the game week, Captain um, came to fruition. I don't really believe in that, obviously, but it is annoying when you, when you, you know you're off to a bad start straight away. Uh, but yeah, segue into the uh, game week scores. Go into the, yeah. Do, oh, do you want to I'll touch run, on run the through them? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this is what we're looking at today. Annoyingly, a lot of highly on defenders are injured or doubtful. Uh, so yeah, Trent, Shaw, Reese James. So we'll we'll touch on that. Look at what to do and interesting. Uh, North London derby at the weekend, the way that panned out. So Arsenal back on the agenda, a lot of cheap assets there to consider. And then obviously Chelsea, their fixture swing that we've been talking about since the start of the season is finally here. And yeah, we'll touch on Spurs and West Ham briefly. But yeah, it's going to be more Arsenal-Chelsea there, I think. And then lots of people are wildcarding this week, uh, including myself. So... My team, could, my team could not go on any longer with uh, the likes of Gilmore first on the bench, Simicas, etc. I probably should have wildcarded earlier, maybe, but yeah, I, it was always the the one. This game week is what I had in mind from the start of the season for the Chelsea run. So, so yeah, I'll go through my latest draft, and then uh, the uh, the much loved Stog Mario Void. Um, it's me on the uh, buy hold sell duties this week. So, and then it's premium planning, looking at captains and the fixtures, etc., for the next few weeks, seeing uh, what the plans are. And it's the international break next week, so um, some important stuff to discuss there. It caused a bit of havoc last time, didn't it, with the Brazilian players and. Who's yeah, I don't, back, I don't, I don't going. think we're going to get that. Going to get that this time because they've been given special exemption. So. There should be much okay. drama around this time, but you never know, do you? Yeah. Cool. Let's get into um, um let's get into the game. So I so, think you got more points. Yeah, for the for, I think it's for the first time this season because we drew last year. Not although not too much to shout home about. We thought we had forty four points, uh closing the gap of Mindy to I think nine points now, but that wild card might be quite telling. Uh so I'll just run through a team. Sanchez with two. Trent with one, Shaw zero. Thank, um, I was going to say thank, thanks to Shaw for getting booked just before we're getting subbed off with an injury. So that was a uh, ultimate humiliation there. If you got Shaw on your FPL team, um, Marcel with six, uh, probably quite fortunate to play. I think I Nori picked up an injury in the Carling Cup, so yes, kept his position, got a clean sheet. Duffy with two. Uh, Saar, nine brought took out Rafinha for Saar just because of the uncertainty around. Rafinha, but he ended up outscoring him anyway. I think Rafinha got ten points, so a bit unlucky with that transfer. But at least he did return, and it was it was from a corner, which I didn't think Sal had it in him. So that that was quite good. Um, Salah with seven, Ben Rama with three, Ronaldo. We've talked about captaincy wasn't the right choice this week with four with captain uh, Lukaku, and Antonio strikes again. Eight looked formidable again in the highlights that I saw. So. He's pretty much undroppable now if you're playing your wildcard or not, I'd say. 
Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, so how's your... Um, I had a your small, small drop to around 600,000 from 550. So still not terrible, still inside the top 1 million. But I think the next couple of weeks with Ronaldo and Lukaku both having good fixtures, because I think Ronaldo has Everton and Leicester and having them both, not many teams are going to have them both. I, I kind of need them both to deliver over the next two, I think, to, to rise up the ranks. But hopefully, fingers crossed, it'll happen. Cool, yeah. So on to... Um, well, what, I'll quickly touch on that, actually. So I think the points, it's really bunched up still at the moment. Like, hmm. there's like 10 points separating like hundreds of thousands of places and things at the moment. So as quickly as you can fall at the moment, you can rise that quickly as well. Uh, this, the way, because teams have been so similar so far, I think. So, yeah, I think it's, it's the ranks. They're not so important still, I don't think. It's more just about having a team you're happy with and having a plan, I think, still. At this, don't don't lose your head because you're not where you, where you want to be. Uh, although um, it's easier said than done. Yeah, on, on to my team. Uh, uh, yeah, absolute shocker. Uh, you, you talked about how bad it was having Shaw. Well, I had Shaw, Fernandez, and Ronaldo. So that 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 game couldn't have almost couldn't have gone any worse. And being a United fan as well, it was um, a p- painful two or three hours. I think um, Ronaldo was, and Pens now. Would you say? I I I, I think. From all these comments, they might. I think it might be Bruno's decision still, because right. he, he saw. I, I, I can't remember exactly what he said, but he said something like, "You know, he's got an excellent record. We trust him. I'm sure he's going to go again." He didn't say. He didn't really say exactly like who's going to take it. He said we're lucky. Like we're lucky to have two, but he did mention that like, Bruno's still obviously a penalty tip. Like so, I don't know. I think it. I think it might be Bruno's call there. It was a, <laughs> it was a real sideshow, wasn't it? You also you had the Bruno Ronaldo factor, then you also had Martinez. I, I watched I watched the clip so many times on Twitter. It's, as 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 a non United fan, it it was hilarious. Obviously, the United fan it was, but I just think the whole the still the whole drama of the whole situation was just bizarre. Something you've not seen before in a football game. Yeah, he's trying to be like the Sergio Ramos of the goalkeeper position, isn't he? He's <laughs> trying to be yeah. a a shit house from between the posts because um, he he did it in the Copa America as well, didn't he? Uh, yeah. Absolutely wound up. Um, was it Yerimina? He said, he said to Yerimina yeah, before he took his penalty, "I'm going to eat you." And then <laughs> Yerimina missed his penalty. So I mean, yeah, fair, fair play to him. It's been successful so far. Successful shit houseery. Uh, and then, so they just to run through the rest of my team. Not that I really want to. Exalted uh, Ronald, who everyone has. We'll talk about him later. Veltman was uh, yeah, a little, trouble there. Eh? Veltman, a, a little ray of sunshine. Yeah, that that last minute assist. What was going on there? Uh, thank, f- thankful to uh, the Crystal Palace defense for just completely switching <laughs> Some off. Some of the worst the defending you'll ever see. Yeah. And they, they played so well in that game. It was at that point. Uh, and then. In midfield, Damari Gray got an assist, which was all right. Ben Ben Rama, uh, he played quite well, but didn't get, didn't get any points. Salah, who um, I've not seen the highlights of that game, but what I've heard is uh, he got his 100th Premier League goal, which is something you mentioned last week. And then he had a couple more chances after that, but he just didn't didn't, didn't take them. Maybe he sort of was so relieved or elated at getting his that milestone. He wasn't as... I don't know. 
that's I think uh, I heard late guys mentioned on the FPL wire that you know maybe the emotion of that distracted him or something. Uh, but yeah, well done to people who went Salah over Ronaldo. Um, I think a lot of people did go Salah this week in that fixture. They they decided to take on the Brent, Brentford rather than United's fixture at Villa. And I think, you know, we were talking last week about Ronaldo and is he fixture-proof, etc. I, I don't know if you've started to change, change your mind, but the way Liverpool, Chelsea and City attack, yeah, it's just, it, it's just a, so much more... Flip like I just don't with the Ronaldo. It's like you, you're also back in. You're not just back in Ronaldo. You've got to back United creating chances for him and doing that in an efficient, like consistent way. And I, I don't think that's quite happened. Doesn't look to be quite there yet. So it's easy to change yeah. your opinion, isn't it? After one game, he obviously the team didn't look. Well, that great, was my opinion. That was my opinion from two or three weeks yeah, ago. No, it, it, it was. It was. It was. To be fair to you, I, I think the next two, I'm going to hold Everton, Leicester, and he. Yeah, if he's doesn't pull it off then then yeah probably look to sell banker transfer and use two transfers to get rid of him and get... um yeah so so on, on my wild card there's a few of these a few of these players going to be going but yeah antonio as you said he is definitely he's definitely not not going uh so my rank is now so that, yeah my total was 38 points which is absolutely awful and uh, my rank is now 448k so that's a drop from 264. It's quite a big, quite a big red arrow there. But yeah, hopefully the wild card sorts that out. Yeah, well, I'm I'm nine points behind, so two, and it's it's about it's about five points between each hundred hundred k, isn't it? Which is nothing at this stage. Uh, we'll move on to probably the biggest talking point this week, I'd say. Other than the Ronaldo Lukaku factor, is probably the premium defense, especially with the news that Trent is suffering from an injury. Obviously, didn't play in the Champions League last night. Um, probably won't play against City, but then the international break will help him likely to be back for Watford. But if he misses that game, they've got United next. So there's question marks as to what to do with Trent if you're on a wild card or if you want to get a Chelsea defender in. And then there's obviously Luke Shaw who might play this evening against Villarreal. Obviously not confirmed yet. Ollie said he was touch and go. So if he plays that game, then you've got to assume he's fit for the weekend, providing he doesn't come off. Um but if he doesn't play the game tonight, there's obviously going to be question marks. And then Reese James who picked up an ankle injury against City and he's out long term I think was it six weeks that was first quoted um I don't know if that's still the case but I think if you've got James it's easier easier decision you switch to another Chelsea def- defender the obviously the decision is if you've got Shaw or Trent that's where the decision comes in um what's your first thoughts on on the defense premium defense crisis would you call it or just more a transition towards Chelsea and City defense it is a li- well there'll be a lot of people who have Trent and Shaw won't there so Imagine you got all three and you played your wild card a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Well, that, that is a crisis. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my first thought is if you can afford to hold Trent and keep putting a good team out, I'd just do that because he doesn't sound doesn't sound like it's a major thing. And with the international break coming, there's two weeks there for recovery. So in terms of actual game weeks, FPL game weeks, you might not miss that many games. So yeah, mm-hmm. if you've already played your wild card and you've got him. And you've got other stuff you, you could do with the team. I'd maybe hold him, but yeah, it depends on what we hear later in the week. How long he's going to be out for? Sure, I think even if he is fit, I'd maybe be looked to moving on now because like Maguire's injured, 
not really sure how long that's for yet, but if Maguire's out for a while, the the appeal of the United defence just isn't there anyway. And with Maguire there and having to make a new partnership between Lindelof and Varane, I just wouldn't fancy it. And United's fixtures, good fixtures are mostly gone. So my, my first thought would be, if you have Shaw and Trent as you two problems in defence, I'd maybe just look at getting rid of Shaw first. Would you agree? See, I, I've took Shaw out because obviously his injury news first came first and Rudy was going up in price and Shaw was predicted to go down. He's not gone down just yet, I think, but I think tonight he will go down. Um, so I actually made that decision early on just to get 0.2 of a swing. But in hindsight, I think I just think them two fixes for United obviously have not played too well and defence hasn't looked great. But I think Everton and Leicester are still pretty good fixtures. Um, so I'm kind of... With Trent's injury, like you say, it probably depends on how long he is out for, but I'm quite amenable to selling either, to be honest, even though I've made the short transfer. I don't I don't think it's as clear cut as what you what what you think, just because obviously Trent would have City this weekend, um, and then Watford off the back of the international break, and then followed by United. Um so it's just a question of Shaw getting more points over Trent over the next three, two or three, which I could kind of see happening. So I think it all yeah, depends but, on what other fires you've got to put out. If you can easily bring Trent back in a few weeks, then it's a lot easier, isn't it? But if you want to make your transfers more concise than that, then maybe Shaw is the way to go. But, well, yeah, because the thing with... The, th- the other thing there is that you, you're definitely going to want Trent back when yeah. he's fit, aren't you? Whereas Shaw, yeah. when when United have their full defence back and Shaw's back fully fit without any problems and Maguire's back, you, still might, you, you might not actually want... United turned back. So I think mm-hmm. Shaw, getting rid of Shaw is a more of a longer term thing, which is why for most people, I think that m- might be the better one to, to do. Uh, so yeah. And then Reese James, obviously, you've got to get rid of. Yeah. I've, I think I've just been burnt too much this season that I'm second thinking every decision I make. But yeah, I've, I've done Shaw to Rudiger early. Um, I do think Chelsea defence and City after Liverpool game is the way to go. Um, we've brought up here, this is a, a chart that you sent over if you want to talk about it. Obviously, it's around XGI, isn't it? So yeah, this shows the expected goal involvement rankings for the for the defenders in, taken from uh, the Fantasy Football Scout stream uh, on YouTube. So this is it's interesting to see Richie there, isn't it? Yeah, but second, uh, I think because he takes a lot of the set I'm pieces. Not, I'm Newcastle. not sure I'll be uh, going in for any Newcastle defender anytime soon. No, definitely yeah, not. Uh, so yeah, Alexander Arnold um, head and shoulders above, partly because he's t- taken twenty one corners so far. That kind of highlights like why I was saying, you know, if he's not going to miss that many FPL game weeks and you can afford to just keep him on the bench, maybe that's worth it if you've got Shaw to look at as well. And then Alonso in third. We're going to talk about him in detail a bit more later on. We've um, put quite a bit of time into Alonso, but neither of us have. I've got him yet. I might might be taking the plunge this week. Um, might fit into my uh, Trent plan, sort of. Because you could, if you're on wildcard this week, you could get Alonso and then keep a bit of money in the bank and then just have him as for two or three weeks to punt and then go back to go back yeah. to Trent. So that's something it, I'm considering. It links back to what I was, we were talking about last week, wasn't it? If you, I think Cancelo is the standout City option defence. I know Diaz is more nailed, but I think 
if you've got Cancelo, who's already a bit of a rotation risk, but not as much with Mendy out and Zinchenko out injured, I think that makes you want to go safe with Rudiger. It's, I think if you go Alonso, you do go the Diaz option, but that's just personal personal preference. I think I think I think you can have one, but not both. Um, well, you might do differently with your wildcard, but I just I just think it's it's it'd be a nightmare if they're both not playing, isn't it? Well, I think it depends on who you've got on your bench as well because mm. in this run coming up if you've got Livermento who seems to have like a, yeah, true. Decent, a decent fixture every week you could afford for one of your for one of them to not play because then Livermento comes in who's got a good fixture so I think that's part of my thinking as well in terms of having two positions on my bench that are strong enough to cover because you know you've got Livermento you've got the cheap Arsenal options there are players you can have that could come in it's just the risk there is you're hoping that these players don't get subbed on but with defenders mm-hmm. they are less likely to get subbed on for the one pointer generally yeah. uh yeah, and then yet so yeah it, it just shows though on this list that, that Cancelo is the um the the best one for upside in the city defense and then i think on the next one it sort of highlights it even more doesn't it yeah so this so this, this go on this is the uh, this is expected points. This graph. So this, I think, expected points. If I've understood it right, it combines xg and xa and puts them together. So, and I think it, I also factor in like clean sheet, like um, yeah, yeah, big chance conceders. Yeah. So, so yeah, Cancelo is up top here by quite, a, quite well, not a, not a lot, but quite a little bit. So Cancelo and Diaz top. So it's interesting to see how clear the City defenders are in terms of options. I think last week we showed how Chelsea's XGC stats actually aren't that good. And we were talking about how they relied on Mendy to be making a few good saves, whereas City just aren't conceding that many shots or chances whatsoever. So that's why Cancelo and Diaz are so high up. So a lot of the talk this week has been, you know, which two Chelsea defenders are you going for? But there's, there's, there's an argument for having two City defenders and one Chelsea rather than the other way around. The problem there is, is that the, the two best City options are more expensive. It's harder to afford. But if you if, if you can make it work, I think that's a, a viable strategy. I think it, it probably depends on the game this weekend, doesn't it? So if City do keep a clean sheet against Liverpool, I think those get wildcarded in game week eight. The, the topic soon shifts, doesn't it, to two City defenders and one's Chelsea. So I think a lot will depend on the game this weekend. Yeah, and then so just going through the rest of this list. So Cancelo, Diaz, Walker, the three top. Oh, I didn't realize Walker was there as well. So yeah, the three top ones here are the City boys. I'm not, I'm not sure Keane. I will. I'm not sure how Michael Keane's got there. Um, but then yeah, Trent, Trent next, and then Alonso and Laporte. So back to Chelsea and City options. So it do, it does seem Van like Dijk, the Duff, Duffy next is inter- Duffy's interesting. Quite high up there, isn't it? That's interesting. Well, yeah, with, with Duffy, though, I don't know if you saw the week, on Monday, um, Dan Byrne was back. Mm-hmm. And I, I yeah. just wonder now how secure Duffy will remain. Like, if I was on wildcard, I wouldn't be picking Duffy now, especially if you're getting him at 4.3. If you got him at 4.0. I, I think it's one of them, isn't it? If you've got him, keep him, but don't yeah. bring him in, which is what yeah. the classic FPL saying, isn't it? Because, yeah, I can just see, especially when Tyrek Lamptey comes back, because Veltman can play centre-back as well. Mm-hmm. So Tyrek Lamptey's back on the bench now for Brighton. So I can see him 
coming back to right wing back given his performances before he got injured last season. So yeah, there could be some some weird some weird decisions there. Graham Potter did do some strange rotation last season, if I remember correctly. So yeah, I wouldn't wouldn't get Duffy now. And then the rest of the list, I'm not sure there's anyone really we'd be interested in targeting on a for transfers or on wildcard in the rest of the list. Is there, is there anyone else in there that stands out to you? Uh, not really. Obviously, the two Brentford lads, but they they've got a few tricky fixtures now, aren't they? Before game week nine, where their fixtures start to turn again. I think the the question probably is: Is it four defenders that you go for now? If you're playing your wild card, uh, City Chelsea or City two Chelsea, and then Trent um, when he's back fit. That I think that's going to be the question, isn't it? Because everyone seems to think that the defense is the place to go now. And I think was it last season? Everyone started off with five at the back, and it soon quickly changed. So. I think it's just going to be interesting to see how that develops. I do think if I was playing a wild card now, like yourself, I probably would be tempted by either two Chelsea and two City, um, and then obviously the other one, and then Trent, and then back it with a Livermento. Yeah, no, I agree. And a player who's not on this list or the one before that is worth consideration is uh, Christensen because he's mm-hmm. so cheap yeah. at Chelsea. No Reese James now as well. I think he's still five million. So. It's an interesting debate because like, if you've not had Rudiger already and he's 5.7, there's not that much difference in terms of what you... Like, if they both start, I think Christensen, from what I've seen, he's, his baseline bonus is actually higher. So you might end up with more bonus points from Christensen than you do from Rudiger. But obviously, the pro, with Rudiger, phrase, yeah. the pro with Rudiger is, also, is the security of the start. So I, I think... The way I heard Zoffer explain it on FBL Wire was that, you know, Rudiger's probably going to get seven out of every eight games, whereas Christensen will get six out of every eight. So, yeah, I suppose set piece threat as well with Rudiger. You do get that, don't you? He's already scored. Is it against Tottenham he scored? So, I think you do get an added goal threat as well. So, yeah, it's just if you're um, trying to fit in Trent and Cancelo and, and, or if you've got Alonso, you, you, you might just. The, the, I wouldn't be against people picking Christensen, especially while yeah, Reece James Reece James is out. I'm trying to think if there's anyone else to mention. Uh, not off the top of my head, but I think people will be swayed now, won't they? By the premiums, and then you will be backing up with a Livermento or a Duffy if if you think the rotation isn't the factor. But well, yeah, I think I think four is the way to go. Right? I for- sorry, I forgot. There's also the Arsenal options, but we'll cover them next. Yeah, when we get onto the London. So, yeah, we thought we talk a lot about the two Manchester clubs, don't we, in the pod? But we thought after such a big game at the weekend, obviously, North London Derby, which was a crushing defeat for Spurs, actually lucky to get a goal. So, if those were the Arsenal defenders, were quite unfortunate not to get a clean sheet. Those who got White or Tierney already. Um, but yeah, obviously, contrasting fortunes. You've got Chelsea hitting the, the strong fixtures now. Arsenal got a great set of fixtures in, in great form now. One last three, is it? Um, so, yeah, look like the back to the best. Looks like Arteta's finally got his rhythm going with the players. I think we've got core of the spine back now. A few crushing defeats at the start. They were missing a lot of players due to COVID and injuries. So, he's finally got his team together. Uh, Ramsdale looks great in, in net for them. He looks like a real leader. He looks like he, he's kind of not born to play for that club, but he looks like a different different keeper from the one I saw at Bournemouth or Sheffield United. He seems to really... Like, the fans were cheering his name at one point against Spurs, which for his keeper who's only played two or three games was 
would be great for him. He'll take a lot of confidence from that. Um, and then, obviously, Spurs, the only team, I think, to start off top of the league and be overtook by bottom of the league in three within three games. I saw a stat earlier, which is obviously shows you how bad they've kind of turned over the last couple of weeks. Uh, and then West Ham, who just came, seemed to keep marching on. Another good win against Leeds, uh, who were a bit injury hit, but they had to had to come back to win that one. And obviously, Antonio's goal was was great. He took that perfect, um, just the power and pace and skill to finish it off. Um, that's been the story of his season so far, and be interesting to see if that continues. Yeah. So, so in terms of actually looking at players, should we start with Arsenal? Seems we were just talking about defenders mm-hmm. before. Yeah. I think Ramsdale. Tierney, Ben White, they're all solid options, I think, now with Arsenal's fixtures. And there is a bit of a doubt with Ramsdale because Arteta's not really been clear when asked, like, is he the number one now? So that's the risk you have to, to factor in. I think, I think it would take a few poor games now. I think he's paid that position his own. My personal, I could be wrong, but I just thought that North London derby, he, he he looked right at home, didn't he? He made a few great saves. I'd be very surprised if Leno gets his place by any time, but I could I could be wrong. I think I think because the premium defence now, Chelsea and City and and Trent when he comes back, I think Ramsdale's a nice way to get into that Arsenal back line for the fixtures, personally. Yeah, yeah, I'm inclined to agree. It's just yeah, that 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 that, that risk is annoying. Yeah, I, I do get what you're saying. Yeah. It's it's the it's the transfer you hate to have to make a goalkeeper <laughs> transfer just in case. Uh, so I'd, something I might look at is having two four point fives, just in case, just so I don't have to worry about it. So that even so, if Leno does come in for a game, I at least there's another keeper there ready. I suppose but, uh, you've got Foster now as well, isn't it? Four mil. So obviously two rotation threats to both lose the place, but. He could he could come in and do a job with at four mil. He look he he played really well at the weekend as well. Foster's only coming in for a bit though, isn't he? It's just because Batman's injured. He's not. It's not like he's. It's not on performance that he's taking. The... I'm sure Bat- Batman was back at the weekend. Oh right. Uh, okay, I'll double check maybe. that now. If if you want to go through someone else, I'll I'll double check. Okay, I think that's right. So yeah, while while we're talking about Arsenal, the uh, the other players at Arsenal that have emerged as real options now are the. The midfielders, so the three budget ones are all around similar similar enough prices. Saka, Odegaard and Smith-Rowe. They look to be getting decent minutes. I, th- I think you'd say Odegaard and Saka are a bit more nailed than Emil Smith-Rowe, but Emil Smith-Rowe is the cheapest one at 5.3. I guess with Saka, you've got pedigree from last season. You know he can do it in the league on a consistent basis. So... I think you do get what you pay for by paying the premium for uh, for Saka. But Emilus Mofro looked great at the weekend. He talked about it in his post-match interview that he's working, he wants to work more on being in the box to finish off, get those kind of chances like he scored at the weekend. So I do wonder if he'll um, have a bit of a, maybe like an Aaron Ramsey season, just trying to get into the box as much as possible and add a bit more productivity to his game. Because as good as he looked last season when he was playing, he didn't really have much FBL up, but did he? He just sort of looked neat and tidy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, there's three that, great options there. Yeah, definitely. I think I think you're right, but I don't know sure read the quotes about Batman, but I think you he was we was injured for the game. But I think I think the manager was was saying that Foster will play the next couple. So yeah, it'd be interesting to keep an eye on it. I th- for some reason, I thought he was back, but obviously not. 
Yeah, it's, it's one to keep an eye on that because I think for a lot of wild carders, Foster and Ramsdale are a bit of popular combination, mm-hmm. but in four or five weeks, you could end up with neither of them playing yeah. potentially. So it's um, something to something to think about. So what are your thoughts on the Arsenal midfielders? Would you go for any of them? Yeah, personally, I would if I was playing wild card. Obviously, Saka is the standout. I think Odegaard looks good when he's when he's playing good on the eye, but I'm not sure he's an FPL player. I think I'll probably edge towards like your Sackers or your Smith Rowe just because of his value as well at 5.3, which for a team that's playing well, it suddenly looks like a snip, doesn't it? I'd be even tempted to have him as like a a fifth mid if you're playing a 3-5, if you're playing a 3-4-3, for example, just because as you talk about as the season, there seems to be a lot of injuries this season, particularly um, already. Um, So if you have Smith Rowe as kind of a ready-made replacement coming in, I I wouldn't be against that. I know I like to keep money on the pitch with the 11, but I just think that's it's only 0.8, isn't it, difference from the cheapest midfielder or 0.9 if it's a 4.4. Um, so, yeah, Saka probably would be my preference, but I could see Smith Rowe, probably one of them too, if I was to wildcard. So, yeah, I just found some some stats here on Saka versus Smith Rowe over the last three game weeks. So, Saka's had nine goal attempts, whereas Smith Rowe's had four. Saka's had mm-hmm. eight, four. Eight shots in the box, Smith Rose had four. Saka's had seven chances created, Smith Rose had four. <laughs> four for and so far. Uh, big chances created, Saka's had two. Smith Rose not created any big chances. Penalty area touches, Saka 19, Smith Rose seven. And baseline bonus, 44 for Saka, Smith Rose 18. So Saka is better than Smith Rose on all those key stats, yeah. but you've got to factor in. The price difference. uh... I I think I'd be hesitant if if I was playing Smith Rowe every week. I probably would be hesitant. I think I'd more if if I wanted like an extra sub, I'd probably bring Smith Rowe in that way. I just think with Pepe, he's probably more at risk, isn't he? Smith Rowe is coming out rather than Saka. I think Saka will play as many minutes as what he's fit. And yeah, Saka showed last season, didn't he? So versatile. He can play different positions, which. Helps keep him in the first team, doesn't it? Most weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Aubameyang, uh, um, would you, uh, with the with the stri- strikers, with the amount of strikers we've got to consider, it's just hard to justify him at his price, isn't it? But he, he, he might yet. It's him. He him might Vardy, yet be a isn't it? Him yeah, Vardy, him and no, no one's like, gonna, no one's gonna touch, even though, even despite how many they score. Just awkwardly priced compared to some of the other mm. options, I think. But for people who've had Vardy recently. They've done done well. So, uh, should we touch briefly on um, Spurs and West Ham? What what, what are you thinking of them? I think we've both got double West Ham. Are you keeping both? The the fixtures take a bit of a yeah, Antonio. Yeah, the fixtures are taking a bit of a turn now. Not as bad as what what you you think. With obviously with Spurs at home now, doesn't look as tricky as years gone by and, and games like that. It's not a it's not an impossible stretch of fixtures, but obviously when you add into Europe, it might get a bit tricky in managing that squad. I think the game I watched last weekend, I thought personally was Ben Rama's best game, but obviously it was against Leeds and injury ravaged. Um, he hit the post and keeper pulled off. Millier pulled off a couple of great saves from Ben Rama. So I, and he had an assist to Antonio that was, that was saved as well. So I actually thought it was his best game, but Leeds got the worst defence, so you can't make a conclusion just from that. So... I, I still think Ben Rama's playing well. I thought 
I thought he would have died down a bit by now, but I still I still think he's playing really good football. And obviously Antonio, I just think if you if you're playing your wild card with these different options emerging with Saka and stuff with just a better set of fixtures, I probably probably would be looking to move on Ben Rama personally. Um but I think if you're not wild card, I think it's fine to keep Brentford next game. And then like I said, Spurs is coming up. I'm not sure if that's next, but yeah. I, I think if you're playing your wild card, probably Antonio and no one else, just because of the just because of the Europe and fixtures like that. Obviously, they've got the Carabao Cup now as well, and um, so it'd be interesting to see how Moyes kind of rotates his squad around that. No, yeah, I think I broadly agree with those points. And then Tottenham, we can cover off quite quickly. I think don't think anyone's considering <laughs> well, no. Tottenham. Uh, yeah, Son... As a Harry Kane owner for two weeks. Son scored, but just at ten, it's hard. You can't with the way Tottenham are playing, and they just don't really seem settled under Nuno. It's hard to justify paying ten for 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 Son, no matter what their fixtures are. So, I, uh, Son's definitely off my radar for quite a while. I think. Yeah, I think the defense as well it looked like good options at starts. I think that's going to go now because Nuno's going to be pressured to play more attacking football. I think after the results and w- and with that, there's obviously extra goals likely to be conceded. I wouldn't go near them anyway, but I think they've got that added extra factor now where Nuno's going to have to deviate away from his defensive football, I think, to last as Spurs manager, personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. It's going to be interesting to see how that, that plays out there. And mm. Chelsea, I mean, we've talked about the defenders a lot. What, what about um, midfield? midfielders is kind of a bit of a grey area, isn't it? It's a bit of a no-go zone with the rotation that happens there. But I think there is scope like for people who are on wildcard or if you've got a transfer to make. I think going for like a Havertz or something could be massive potential there. It's just, it's a, it's a punt, isn't it? It's a big risk. Mm. I'm not sure I'd go for any of the midfielders for that reason. But with the, with the run they've got, like someone in the, their midfield is going to perform. Because if, if we're back in Lukaku to score a lot of goals in this run, and it's been well documented that his assist threat, like his expected assists, his creativity is decent now um, since he's come back from from Juve, um, not Juve Inter. There is going to be one of the midfielders that is going to do do well. It's just hard to know, hard to know which one, and it could change each week. Is is that an argument though to go for for like two Chelsea def- two two Chelsea players in your wild card so Lukaku in defence because then you can kind of you can kind of jump on a midfielder then if they strike uh, obviously Mounts at seven point three now which is a a great price so they, maybe that is an argument to go with two Chelsea players and then kind of jump on the best third option because not many people are going to leave themselves the flexibility to do that are they Yeah yeah that's that's true I th- I think that's something also to think about with with City. Don't lock yourself mm, out yeah. of getting one of the attacking options at City. Uh, but yeah, I hadn't thought about that with Chelsea. That's a good point. Because yeah, M- yeah, Mount has shown he can take over quite consistently. I think he, he got he had a bit of a a knock in the in one of the games where he came off at half time. So once he's fully fit again, he might end up being consistent star in the Premier League like he was last season. So that is something to to bear in mind. And then obviously Lukaku's. Just there's not really much to say. He's a great option, probably the best striker. If you were to rank them, he's probably him and Antonio quite close as the best ones to have at the moment. Yeah, I think anyone who's playing the wild card or not, it's probably them two and one other, isn't it? Or 
an extra midfield if you're going three five two. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely go along with that. I think the the fact that his assist like potential is higher than Ronaldo's means that his potential to haul is is higher in these games. Like Ronaldo could could get a goal and not really get bonus points potentially, whereas Lukaku, if he gets like one goal and an assist, he probably is going to end up with full bonus and an amazing haul. So I think I, I do prefer, we'll touch on it later, but I think in some of these tricky game weeks where people are deciding between Lukaku and Ronaldo, I do prefer Lukaku, I think. Mm-hmm, for sure. And, you know, after that defeat against City as well, that there's going to be less rotation, I think, with Tuchel, just because he's not going to want another slip-up. So, obviously, Lukaku's nailed anyway, but I just think that's an extra added incentive for Tuchel to go with his best team, just because there's such a drop-off to the next striker at the end mm-hmm. of the Yeah. Um, so, we'll move on to Mindy now, who's playing his wild card. just got a couple of... Uh, well, one actually. Um, obviously, we've covered off the defence. Uh, we're going to talk about Ronaldo v Lukaku in the premium planning section. But this this is probably another area of teams that are going to look a bit different in a way, um, just because the kind of the midfielders now between five point five and seven. There is there is a lot of option about it's it's when you go from seven up until Salah where it kind of gets a bit more sparse. But between that five point five and seven now, there's a lot of attractive options. Um, so I. Backer, big man backer, as everyone knows on Twitter. He's he's put he's kind of summarized it in a nice way. So he's done shots in the box, Saar, Saka, Gallagher, uh, XG, Saar again, Gallagher again, uh, Townsend. Um, I don't know if that's helped by his penalty at the weekend. Uh, and then chances created, Rafinha, Townsend, Townsend again, uh, Saka. So it's kind of similar names. And then XA is Ben Rama, Gallagher, and Rafinha. So the names that kind of Stand out at Gallagher, Rafinha, Saka, and then Townsend, aren't they? Yeah, I think Townsend's XG will definitely be helped a lot massively by that penalty. By penalty yeah. but, but, and you'd think when Carbert Lewin comes back, he won't be on penalties anymore. So, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't really factor Townsend into the thinking that much. But yes, as Sars a tricky one now as well because he's only got one good fixture left, hasn't he? Mm, yeah, and then it's Liverpool next year. So Although he did score, he did do really well against Liverpool last season. I just think Watford don't look to be creating loads in open play still. So I, I think when the fixtures, when the good fixtures end, I, if you're on wildcard, I probably wouldn't pick Saar. I'd look at, you know, Saka, Gallagher, over, over Saar, and uh, Rafinha as well. To look at those. I think Saar's probably moving down the, the pecking order. What do you think? Yeah, I'll go along with that. And Gallagher was the first 90 minutes I saw of Palace this season. I hadn't seen before that because I kind of wanted to get an eye on him because obviously he's performing all these great stats. And I thought he was brilliant. He's on pretty much every set piece. He just looks really lively. Allardyce did a good job at West Brom to kind of hide how good he was because before that, I thought he was just like a, a tackler because he always seemed to get booked. So he, he never really showed off his like creative output, but he, he seems to just be like in the number 10 rule number 10 role for Palace he has all the creative freedom which was a bit of a surprise to me seeing him play at West Brom but he, he looks as good as the stats are I'd say going off that game um, and yeah the, the way he drives with the ball and just yeah runs into the box a lot did he actually have all this because Milovejevic was back in the game on Monday and I saw he took a couple of I saw he definitely took a couple of free kicks and stuff I wonder whether yeah. Uh, def- Gallagher definitely took the corners. You're probably right about the free kicks. Yeah, that might right. hinder it a bit. 
So, but at that price, 5.7, great option to have. You know, you were talking about Smith Rowe as a fifth mid. You could maybe, I'm not sure what the rotation's like, but you could maybe look at having those two as your fourth and fifth and mm. pick the best one yeah. to play each week, something like that, given how kindly they're priced. And on Rafinha, what do, what's your verdict on the fact that he seems to be only fit enough to play 60, 65 minutes at the moment? It's tricky, isn't it? I, I kind of took him out for Saar for that reason because I didn't want him to, A, not play. And then I thought Saar was a good option for the next two. But then I watched the highlights of that Leeds game against West Ham and he could have got two or three at the post. Uh, he's just a brilliant footballer, isn't he? Um and the only thing that goes against him is he's called up to the Brazil team, isn't he? So he doesn't have any time to recover. I think if he was fit this weekend and Bielsa confirmed it and he wasn't travelling away with Brazil, I think it was a no-brainer get him in. But it's it's going to be tricky to see how they kind of manage that situation over in Brazil because he's going to get no time to recover that hip, is he? Yeah, it, it does make it a little bit annoying. I think... it. Ties into everything we've been saying though about the bench. If you if you are wildcard in this week, maybe having... yeah, maybe Smith yeah, Smith or Gallup, that's the way to do it. Yeah, because then you can play one of them in the week after the international get internationals. Because then you know you don't have to worry about whatever happens with Rafinha over the international break. And then if he does somehow break down and the injury gets gets worse, you've got someone to come in straight away without having to worry about making a transfer. But I think yeah. what you've just described about how good he looks, even in 60, 65 minutes, he could get double digits in in one half, the way he's playing. And Leeds fixtures are good enough for him to do that. I wonder uh, with Bamf- if Bamford comes back, that, that if he's back soon, that helps his potential as well, I, th- I think. I, what, mm. How did it look with uh, him playing, combining with Rodrigo? Yeah, they look good, to be fair. They patterned up quite well. Whether... Whether Bamford will be better at leading the line and kind of playing it off to him, we'll probably time will tell. But I thought he looked good with Rodrigo. Uh, like I say, I thought Rafinha, other than Antonio, them two were the best players on the pitch from what I've seen. So you, you, you could be doing uh, Saar back to Rafinha in a couple of weeks. Well, with the Trent news, I've obviously made the show to Rudiger. Um, I'm actually debating doing Trent to Cancelo and... Uh, Sizoko or Basuma up to Rafinha uh, and do a minus eight and then kind of Roma transfer next week and then kind of it's something I'll probably weigh up depending on Trent's, Trent's injury but I just think having Rafinha um, for the next couple as well as Cancelo with the Burnley game in mind the week after um, it's something that I'm weighing up whether I do it or not. not I never normally like to take a hit like that but I think too kind of justifiable especially if we get an update over Trent's condition I, I think as much as I'd like you for you to ruin your team etc I think um, I, I, like taking a hit for a player who's carrying an injury feels yeah yeah you're right you're right, right but I can just see that Watford game like Watford are great defensively Newcastle could have scored five or six I think last weekend um, so when you do a risky hit like that obviously you've got to weigh it up and might not do it yet but i, I I do think there's a big there's a big Rafinha hall coming. Uh, like I say, it's just it's just that injury makes it difficult, and obviously the Brazil situation. Cool. Um, but we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll move on to 
Mr. Mindy himself, who, who is playing his wild card, and he does have Cancelo in there. No Trent in there as well, but he does have, is he there, 1.5? So the plan is obviously to get Trent in, I suppose. Yeah, so this is under the working assumption that Trent's out for three, for three weeks. So, yeah, I've gone double Chelsea, double City defence. And then the plan would be to have Alonso there as my placeholder for for Trent. So I've left that at 1.5. I think I might need to have another look at that just yeah, to make sure I have point, enough money. You'd be point three short at the moment, but right. I think Trent, Trent will go down this weekend. Uh, so you'd be probably point two. Yeah, so I might need to make some slight tweaks just to make sure I do have an easy way to get Trent back. But that's definitely what I'm leaning to currently. So I've got Ramsdale and Sanchez as my goalkeepers. I uh, was saying earlier that the risk of Leno to Ramsdale does put me off just having 4.5 and 4.0. And I don't think if you're on wildcard, you want to be setting yourself up for a fall like that. I think it's just, it feels like I, you might be making a transfer waiting to happen. So, so yeah, but then if I want to make sure I've got enough money to get Trent back, that might be where I have to make the sacrifice. Mm. So we'll see. I, I do think that, as we said, Ramsdale's a, a great option with the Arsenal fixtures. And with the amount of good defensive options there are, having him as the way into the Arsenal defence over, say, Ben White does definitely appeal. And then to run through the uh, the defenders, so Alonso, we've talked about loads over the past couple of weeks, just... Chilwell could come in soon. I'm, I, there's going to be a lot of people looking at the uh, Champions League lineup yeah, tonight. Yeah, it's interesting. Mm. interesting. Oh, actually, would that be out now? Actually, while I'm going through, do you want to just quickly check Chelsea's yeah. lineup? So yeah, I've got Alonso for the attacking threat, Rudiger for the nailed-on 90 minutes most weeks. Chelsea's great fixtures. It, yeah, he's kind of an easy easy option to pick, and then. Given how amazing City look and the fixtures they're going to have after this week, I'm planning ahead for their good run with having Diaz and Cancelo both there. While while Cancelo's looking amazing, I can see him starting most. I think he'll be a similar similar sort of role to Rudiger, where it might be like he'll play seven out of every eight, something like that. And Diaz is just like we saw last season, he's just nailed on 90 minutes every week in the Premier League, can, can get his head on it from from corners and set pieces. And now that De Bruyne is back, whipping the balls in, I'm sure we'll see the, the City Central defenders. I think Laporte's already had a couple, hasn't he? So, mm-hmm. uh, Ake scored as well. So yeah, that can only be improved with uh, De Bruyne back, on, back in contention. And then in, in the midfield, midfield is probably the, the hardest area to pick. So a lot of this could change. So yeah, don't this isn't like a wild card reveal. It's it's definitely uh there's definitely some there's definitely I'd be amazed if this ends up being the team I go with. There's so much still to learn from the press conferences. But Grealish, I think his stats aren't great, but just the fact that he's playing Yeah playing so regularly and then the fixtures that you're going to have I think he is the best option from the City midfield what are your thoughts on that as a City fan yeah he, the weird thing is like the stats chances created and stuff he 
he is quite high up there, isn't he, in all the chats? But actually watching the 90 minutes, he doesn't look like he's going to score or assist too many. But I was saying to my brother a few days ago, actually, I think all it takes is once he gets a few goals and kind of gets in the positions to score, I think I think he'll just set the world alight and FPL. I, I still I still think at some point in the season, he's going to be everyone's going to have him. It's just a question of, of when. I think at 8 million, because obviously that was priced up before his move, wasn't it? That was his Aston Villa price. I don't think he would have been 8 million if he was... That's it. Yeah, so I think I'm with my current thinking. I'm thinking of, I might just take that gamble and think that this next run of fixtures after the Liverpool game will be where he does have that run where he outperforms his price and everyone wants him. Mm. Um, yeah, Salah obviously Salah's not going anywhere. I did toy with the idea of maybe going for Mane over Salah because I'm going to be captain in Lukaku so much, yeah. but. But yeah, I, I don't think I am gonna. I don't, not, I'm not gonna take that. I thought, risk. I thought you were gonna say De Bruyne then. Obviously, you got no, 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 not De Bruyne. Uh, then yeah, we talked a lot about Arsenal emerging as great budget options. So Smith Rowe at five point five point three, such a good price. Even if he does miss the odd game here or there, I think the way my team's set up with Livermento and Gallagher there as well, I've I'll have two solid bench options every week, hopefully. Uh, so I can the way I've set this up is for you know if Alonso or Cancelo don't start I've got you know Gallagher or Shaw or Livermento not sorry Gallagher or Smith Rowe or Livermento to come off the bench for them uh, I might rethink that but I do think that the way it's come about with all these great budget midfielder options it does sort of lend itself to that and the formation I'd play with this would be four four two most weeks, but it could also be a three five two. So I could sort of switch between depending on injuries or whatever form, etc. So the fifth midfield spot is Rafina. We've we just spoke quite a lot about him, but yeah, mm. his consistent threat nailed on when he's fit. It's just that that doubt over his fitness and the Brazil stuff is annoying. I'm just thinking about it now. Like, there's a, there's a few players here where, you know, Alonso could feasibly end up out of the team. Cancelo might not might randomly ever go. I could have a week where say Alonso doesn't start. Zinchenko comes in for Cancelo. Rafinha's needs a week off, and Smith Rowe gets rested. So maybe I don't know. Do you think that maybe there are too many, too many risks? No, I think. I think if you are doing that, I think you've done it right. We're having two bench. I think I would be reluctant to do that and have, I think Livermento's fixtures now, if Livermento had a tough, real tough run of fixtures, then maybe you only have one bench option. But I think he's a feasible playing option with the fixtures that come. So I think you'd be very unlucky to have more than two of these not playing in a week. Um, Obviously it's happened in the past few weeks with all the injuries, but I think if you, if you set on Alonso Cancelo, I think two playing subs is the way to go at least. Yeah, and and Alonso would eventually go back to to Trent. Trent that's yeah. the current thinking. So, so yeah, that that's the, the plan only, there with the defenders and midfielders. The only thing I'll have to say here, um, obviously, when you talk about your strikers, is, is is just how you would get to a, another option if it emerges, like Tony or Jimenez, if Jimenez continues to score. Um, if you do want to move money to your strike force. Yeah, that that is probably the area where I'm least flexible in the team. And Tony is someone who I think people will be getting soon. The, the way that Brentford are playing, they just looked 
like no matter who they play, they seem to be able to create chances and cause teams problems. So, yeah, T- Tony and, and his mate as well. Is it um, Bomo? Yeah. Uh, I've said so many different pronunciations of that name this week and I've just have lost as to what the correct well, one is. He's only 5.5 in it, so he's an easy one. Just swap Gallagher or Smith Rowe. But yeah, I think I think it's the striker that you were struggling. Yeah. Um, the games I've seen of Brentford, it kind of looks to be more that Tony sort of drops a bit deeper and sort of gets involved in the build-up and Boma was more in the box. Mm. I wonder if... Um, you know, he, he might. It'd be interesting to see which one merges as like the, the better option because the, the price difference. Like Tony is the better option. He's on pens as well, yeah. but the price it's that price difference thing. It's like what we were saying between Smith Rowe and Saka. You've got to factor that in, uh, and like Mark from uh, Black Box. I think he's had in Bono since like game week three, yeah. ahead of ahead of the curve as normal. But so yeah, that there are top managers who've gone for Mbomo for that reason. So yeah, it's interesting. I might that might be an easy way for me to get that point too. I need to do the easy swap for Alonso to to uh, Trent, maybe swap in and Boma for Gallagher. But but yeah, something to think about as we get closer to the deadline. So yeah, the, the strikers. There's not really much to say. They're locked in. Antonio Lukaku. And, if, if you get another one, isn't it? Yeah. But but yeah, you can't. Um, it's it's hard to set up a team that's like ready for for everything. I think yeah. I'm I'm flexible through defence and midfield, uh, and you know if West Ham start, you know having a bit of a downturn, or you know Antonio's n- never goes through a whole season being fit. So if he if he whenever he might pick up an injury and then I go from Antonio to even Antonio or Jimenez maybe. So there is that option. It's just hard to see dropping Antonio at the minute, but an injury could force your hand. Yep, no, good team. Uh, we'll move on to Snog Maria Void, which is going to be Mindy this week. I think it's going to be taken up by premiums, isn't it? Yeah, mostly mostly premiums. So Snog Maria Void is, if you've not seen it, let's do this before. This is our stupid or fun, however you want to look at it, version of uh, Buy, Hold, Sell. So R- Rom's back as my Snog. He, he was my Snog earlier quite early in the season uh but that was before Ronaldo was on the scene and I ended up transferring Ronaldo out uh Lukaku out for Ronaldo while Ronaldo had better fixtures but it's time to go back to big rom for this run it's we've been talking about this run of fixtures for so long um and yeah I'm now that I'm on wildcard I'm gonna go all in with free free Chelsea and big rom's gonna be my captain so it was even an easy choice for um, the person I'm going to be locking lips with this week. Yeah, you've been really inventive with the, your choices this week. So good to see you put a lot of thought into it. Well, the, in terms of who I was going to marry, like the, there wasn't anyone else who I was thinking in my team is really a lock in my current team because yeah, Bruno. Fair enough. Fair enough. Br- Bruno needs to go. My defense, my defense is a bit messed up as is everyone's because of the injuries and I've already, the other option would have been Antonio but I think we both married <laughs> we, 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 I think Antonio's a bit sick of coming down the aisle with us too he's, he's, he, he, might, he might get an injury he might tear his hamstring just from walking down the aisle too many times so <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted to protect his hamstrings here 
Whereas uh, I think you won't have anything else to do on his off days other than keep walking down the aisle. (laughs) So yeah, Salah here, Um, kind of by default because there wasn't a load of players I've been wedded to, which is kind of why I'm wildcarding this week. And then move on to my uh, avoid. Oh, I wasn't expecting to see Ronaldo there. I think. in the, in my latest um, running order thing, I put Shaw, but yeah, we'll pretend we'll we'll just go with Ronaldo. I am getting rid of him on my wild card, so it holds. Um, oh yeah, I, that's why I made the joke about the premiums, the, the threemium, as people call it. Uh, I should have done my homework and uh, gone through the slides a bit more before we before we started. <laughs> um, but yeah, Ronaldo. For a lot of people on wild card, I think they will be making that switch to Lukaku. I do think that. If you're not on wildcard, he's still a good option to hold for the next two because the fixtures that United have, Everton and Leicester, Everton's expected goals conceded is quite good, but they've had not played a great, good... They've had a great start they? in terms of fixtures. So, yeah, I, ca- I can see Ronaldo scoring in the, these next two games. He obviously can score in any game, but the fixtures are good enough to keep him. But on my wildcard, I am getting rid of him. But just to mention, my avoid that I wanted to have here was Shaw. I think he's the player in my team I most wanted to get rid of on the wild card for the reason of Maguire being out, just the injury, Tellers is back. I can see maybe now Oli trying to manage his minutes a bit more to stop these injuries coming back into his game. So yeah, I think the appeal of Shaw has diminished, especially in relation to the emergence of the Chelsea and the City boys. No, fair enough. Uh, so we'll wrap up as always with the the premium planning segment. So obviously this one's going to link to captaincy over this week and also next next couple of game weeks in particular. We obviously United got Everton, Leicester, and Chelsea the swing before it becomes a bit easier. Well, depending if Luka, if Ronaldo gets a couple of hat tricks, then maybe not. But it gets a bit easier obviously when United's fixtures turn with Liverpool and then followed by tricky. I think they got City, Tottenham in that in that run. Um, so this is just comparing their stats, isn't it, from game week one to six? If you, do you want to talk about this? Yeah, so for the podcast listeners, um, it's just um side-by-side comparison of like goals, shots, shots in the box. I think the an easy way to sort of summarise this potentially is the fact that Ronaldo's XG is better than Lukaku's, but Lukaku's XA is better than Ronaldo's, which ties in with how Chelsea use Lukaku and the way his game's changed. And the fact that Ronaldo spends most of his time around the box waiting for players to deliver to him. So I, I, I do like that combination of goal and assist threat from Lukaku. It's kind of mm-hmm. what I was referring to before. It gives him a bit more potential to haul in most games. The fact that he can get a goal and an assist and the fixtures are kinder over the next six Ronaldo so I'm going to be captain in Lukaku this this week uh, for people who've got the threemium Ronaldo, and they've got Ronaldo and Lukaku to pick from what would you be what would you be <laughs> well, recommending yeah, I've got I've got the threemium haven't I oh, yeah. um, I think Salah could probably rule out uh, obviously against City um, so it is going to come down to these two isn't it this weekend Ronaldo v Lukaku I'm actually I'm pretty torn because I can kind of see the merits to both and I do think that 
that Everton fixture without their best players in Richarlison, Calvert-Lewin. I don't think I don't think they're going to put up the game that Villa did and take it to him. I could be wrong, but I think they might sit back, which might suit Ronaldo a bit more um, in terms of how United are playing with Ronaldo. Um, so I don't think it's as clear cut as everyone said. And obviously Southampton didn't look too good against Wolves, they conceded one goal, but they looked great against City. Um, and whether they can take that game plan to Chelsea and stifle them in the same way will be interesting. Um, Interestingly, Southampton, I think it was Jack Stevens who came off against City, played really well, and Salas who came on. And I think he got given the runaround by Jimenez a bit. So maybe that kind of factors into it as well. Um, but I do think it's a it's a 50-50 decision for me this weekend. I think I'm going to wait to see how United and Chelsea both look tonight and kind of see how the week develops, see what other teams are doing maybe. Um but I do think that for that fixture alone, Southampton and Everton, there's not too much to split them, to be honest. Yeah, I I I think if I had both, I'd go Lukaku, but still, it's, quite, it's, it's it's subjective decision. Uh, it's it's mainly just because of what I was saying before about Chelsea just looking a bit more organised. They're just a better te- the the way they play football as a team is just better than United at the moment. Yeah, fair enough. Um, we'll talk about captaincy mate over the next next couple of weeks. Obviously, this week's obviously the big decision: Ronaldo v Rom. I can't see many people going for any anyone else other than that. Vardy, maybe if you got obviously Palace, but Palace look great, and not many people do have Vardy, so maybe not. Then the game after that: Liverpool play Watford, don't they? Uh, City Burnley. So if you're ballsy enough to captain Grealish, if you've got him, uh, might not be a bad shout. And then obviously Chelsea, Brentford, who look look good. So it's probably Salah v Lukaku, isn't it? The next one. So yeah, just look, just looking at this though, like Chelsea's fixtures: Southampton, Brentford, Norwich, Newcastle, Burnley. You could conceivably just log out of FPL and leave the captain <laughs> on Lukaku for five weeks. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But yeah, like the fact that Liverpool have got in the next five Watford and Brighton in there, like Salah is always. A good option. Um, would you, um, in the next game week, would you have Ronaldo as a captaincy option then against Leicester, or would you go? Probably, probably wait and see, isn't it? If 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 he blanks again against against Everton, that probably makes the decision a lot easier. Like I say, I'm, I'm definitely going to keep Ronaldo for the next two, unless there's any horrifying injuries. But uh, I think it will probably come down to how Leicester look again this weekend because Leicester have looked pretty bad defensively haven't they and obviously they've got Palace this weekend which is no easy fix, easy fixture now going off this season's form so probably will go down to that but like I said the Lukaku factor will probably sway it against Brentford I, I, can't remember, I can't remember if you said before by the way that did you say that Alonso starting uh, the team wasn't out yet but he will be oh, right, yeah. he, is, he is starting right so you know, if does that does that make it better or worse? Well, you could look at it both ways. Like he's because Chelsea it is an important game. So if Chilwell had come in, you could maybe say, "Oh, well, he's not the first choice. He's not nailed on the first choice as much as we thought." But then you could look at it the other way, where he's gonna he might need a bit of a rest at the weekend, and Chilwell might get minutes. But if Chilwell doesn't get any minutes tonight. Would, he wouldn't be ready to start the weekend, would he? With the amount of game time he's had. No, and Alonso doesn't get called up to Spain either. So 
he might be able to afford just playing in both them games and kind of reassess after that. Uh, there's not a question of burnout before the Spain fixtures, so you can add in that as well. So I probably would be confident that he plays at the weekend. You just, you just never hundred percent, are you? That 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 it's always in the back of your mind um, whether he's going to play or not. But if he's if he's playing, other than Trent, he's best defender in the game, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but I think that that brings us to the uh, to the end of everything this week. Uh, if you've um, enjoyed it, taken something on board, please like the, the stream and subscribe if you're new. And yeah, uh, just to plug the, the socials again, it's premium underscore FPL on Twitter and Instagram. So come uh, come join us. We'll tweet out. I'll try and tweet out my uh, final wildcard team ahead of the deadline. So check out check out the socials to see what I end up going with. Anything mm-hmm. to add before we finish? No, no. Good luck with, to you, sir, with the wild card. And yeah, good luck to everyone else who's playing the wild card or with their transfers this week. I think it might be quite critical with what everyone does. Yeah, let's hope we're not both crying at the start of next week's podcast that we were today. <laughs> All, right, All right, see you next week. Bye. Who did you have in your fantasy football team this weekend? And how did they get on? To be really good at you need to take people in, draw people out, and then make sure you're doing these boosts here and there. And I'm like, got myself in my own fantasy team. Got myself in my own fantasy team. Got myself in my own fantasy team. There's too much tinkering around for me. Straighten the phone and check who the captain was, what points he got, and where they come in the fantasy league. So I don't play it. I, I live in the real world, not the fantasy world. 